0: All right, welcome everyone. Welcome wonderful humans to the Capital P and People Work podcast live panel and Q&A. This is our second monthly episode of this kind and we're really excited for you to be here with us today. First, I want to make sure that I orient all of us to why we're here today, and then we'll get to the meat of our work, which is psychological safety, a really important and awesome topic. Um, again, my name is Gabby Lubin, and I am the host of Capital P and People Work Pod, as well as the CEO and founder of Spark This Day. I am a three-time burnt out professional myself who decided that I had had enough of this and needed to build an HR tech solution to really solve what it felt like to burn out in the workplace. Um, So I'm doing just that. I have my master's degree in adult development. Oh, and let's make sure everyone is on mute. There we go. Um, I have a master's degree in adult development and behavior change from Harvard, as well as experience in wellness intervention and systems change. On the Capital P and People Work podcast, specifically though, we bring different experts and practitioners together to discuss the intersection of people, wellness, and the future of work. Capital P is produced at Spark This Day, which is why we're um, related. And we're here today because we believe in co-creating a world where burnout is the exception and not the norm. That work has to be done in workplaces. So today, we're going to zoom in on that work, talking about restoring psychological safety in the workplace. For the panel today, my goal is for you to walk away with a deeper understanding of what is psychological safety and at least one strategy that you can implement this month. So let me give you a rundown of what we're going to be doing today. First, I'm going to introduce our incredible panelists. Second, uh, we'll ask a few questions to get started for myself. And then if you have a question along the way, I encourage you to drop it in the chat for us to ask. Then, if we have enough time, which we will make sure we have enough time, um, we'll ask for you to share your questions out loud to the panelists directly. All right. So thank you so much, panels, for being here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Let's get into it. First, I would like to welcome Sandia. Sandhya is a certified leadership coach and career coach. She's an Enneagram practitioner, speaker, facilitator, and the founder of Self at Work. She takes a trauma-informed, inclusive approach to leadership development and well-being at work. Through Self at Work, Sandhya helps leaders build meaningful connections with themselves, their teams, and their work so they can achieve breakthrough business results without burning out their employees, or themselves. Sandhya, welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Where are you signing in from?
1: Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I am coming in from Chicago, probably not too far away from you, actually. (laughs) I
0: know, we're going to have to, we'll have to compare locations later.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. We're glad to have you with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Next, I wanna welcome Dr. Jeb Hurley. Jeb is a behavioral scientist and leading expert in team dynamics. Jeb blends neurobiology, psychology, and technology to enhance leadership team effectiveness and create high-trust agile cultures. His leadership experience includes multiple founders, CEO, and global F100, VP, and GM roles, and over 30 years of developing teams and coaching leaders. Jeb holds a doctorate in organizational leadership, is a mentor for. Techstars Foundation, is a member of the Institute for, of Coaching at Harvard Medical School, and is the author of two books on teen dynamics and leadership. Jeb, welcome to the podcast. Where are you uh, signing in you, from?
2: Thank you so much, Gabby, and I'm um, signing in from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beautiful. I'll be yeah. there
0: later in May. I can't wait. You'll have to give me some recs.
2: Ooh, just, bef- <laughs> just before it gets pretty hot here. <laughs> That's the goal.
0: <laughs> um. And last but certainly not least, we have Earl Foot. Earl is the ultimate adventure seeker and music lover. When he's not hitting the slopes, like we already talked about pre-podcast, <laughs> tearing up the trails or exploring remote uh, some remote corner of the world, you can find him jamming with his band or spending quality time with his loved ones. Don't let his laid-back nature fool you. Earl's ultimate goal is to make a positive impact in the world and for his team at Nexus IT. With an open and abundance-minded mindset, Earl brings fun and positivity to everyone around him. Earl, thank you so much for joining us today. Where are you signing in from?
3: Hey, everyone. Uh, Gabby, thanks for the invitation. Such a pleasure to be here with you all. Uh, Joining you from Park City, Utah today.
0: Fantastic. We have a really cool spread of locations. Sorry, East Coast, we have no times over there, but we'll at least we'll hit some other, other locations for you. Um, amazing. Well, I'm so excited to dig into all of this today. We have incredible talent that is here to answer some really meaningful questions. Um, and again, our goal is to have some takeaways from us. So let's dig into it. Again, audience, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop it into the chat. If there are comments you have, bring them in there. Asuka is gonna be monitoring the chat. So if there are questions come up, we can get them answered. So we're going to first just start with the baseline here. Let's define what is psychological safety. Um, And I'm going to ask Sandhya, can you share with us first? What is your definition of it?
1: Yeah, I guess I'm going to go a little bit of the technical route here, and then I'll maybe put it in in my own terms. But um, the term's been around since the 60s, right, but it became really popularized in the workplace through the work of Amy Edmondson um, and a big project that's very well known in our world um, called Project Aristotle at Google. But essentially, it's it's this kind of shared belief across a team that it's safe to take interpersonal risks. So that being said, it's like, can you speak up? Can you challenge ideas? Can you make mistake without fear? of retribution.
0: Beautiful. I think that's a really tangible definition. So thank you for bringing us to that tangibility. Jeb, what would you add to that definition? And then Earl will pass it to you.
2: Um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll put my kind of scientist hat on a little bit. And uh, you know, behavioral, uh, when I look at it from behavioral science standpoint, so psychological sc- safety um, describes People's e- perceptions and their expectations about the consequences of people to people interpersonal risk in their workplace, and I, I sort of choose those words fairly carefully because it really is about perception. Um, co- this construct or, or psychological safety is very relative, um, depending on you know where you know where we work. You know, if we're a Navy SEAL, that's a very different feeling than, you know, if we're a consultant at McKinsey or if we're working in your local retail shop.
0: Beautiful. I love how bite sized we're getting. Earl, as someone who is doing this work internally as a CEO, what is this definition? How could you bring us um, to even more maybe tangibility here?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, um, first of all, I mean uh, the information that you've already received, uh, you know, and, and particularly from experts like Sandia and, and you know Dr. Jeb, um, you know, is is really um, helpful. Um, from my context, uh, I'm trying to apply this, you know, within an organization in order to create high, uh, you know, high performing teams that consistently create a high growth organization. Um, with healthy, you know, uh, a healthy culture, healthy dynamics among the teams, um, and uh, I, I guess for me, you know, um, I'll, I'll focus less on the definition of psychological safety and more on uh, the outcome of it. Right? Um, as as Jeb, and, and by the way, well, we may get into this conversation a little bit later. But Jeb and I know each other quite well. In fact, you know, he is, he is a fractional fractional executive on our team. <clears throat> um as as he would put it um uh a person's what we would call a perception right um of their experience that they're having within an organization is not their perception it's their reality right and if their reality is not that they feel psychologically safe that they feel um the ability to be able to uh to take those risks to um to engage to make decisions to execute um if they don't fill that you're going to have significant problems uh, with you know with human dynamics within the organization and with growth within the organization um, and so uh, i i know it's easy you know uh, to, to kind of uh, express those concepts the reality is that the application of it within our organization and all of the intricacies of the you know of human relationships um, in a workplace are extremely complex, right? Um, and so, um, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's quite the journey to, uh, you know, to be on, to try to be a modern organization where you provide people with an environment where they feel psychologically safe so that they can execute, you know, on, on the roles that you're asking them to execute.
0: Earl, I, I think that was really helpful and kind of maybe where we should take it next. Um, talk to us about just briefly, what made you decide to bring someone like Jeb in? Um, Why was it important and what kind of made you realize that it was time to dig a little bit deeper into this idea of psychological safety, if that was the trigger or not?
3: Yeah. Um, So maybe I'll provide a little bit of background on on our organization. Um, uh, My my company, Nexus IT, we're an outsourced um, cybersecurity and IT services firm, um what you know in the space what we refer to as a managed service or managed security service provider um it, typically in our industry you know most companies uh growth is fairly stable it's not you know it's not exponential um and you're adding a few new team members every year, maybe maybe four or five or six and and managing um the dynamics of those incoming human relationships um is um is not you know uh in, in intensely challenging right um we as an organization have leaned in to become high growth um high growth we've really you know ramped up our, our marketing and sales engines but we've also began a journey of merger and acquisition um we are doing a, a roll-up strategy have now acquired you know seven total companies um, and as you acquire those companies and you integrate Teams and leaders and shift up reporting relationships. Um, uh, you know the potential for everything to go absolutely sideways because of the human relationship. You know dynamics um, is very high, um, and uh, you know you, um, despite how intentional you might be about the process, it's really easy for this stuff to get out of hand, right? Um, um, and it can be really challenging when you know suddenly it's no longer you're adding a new team member every quarter, but you're adding you know um, you're adding fifteen team members all at once, or twenty or twenty five all at once, and then integrating them into into teams that are existing, and and perhaps some of those leaders are taking other leadership positions, and you're shifting up teams and all that stuff. Um, change. Uh, we as humans generally don't deal very well with change, and change places our psychological safety at risk. And so, um, navigating that change in a way that, uh, helps people feel very comfortable, um, you know, and helps them can, you know, remain focused on, on the targets and the outcomes that they're, that we're seeking as an organization, um, is extremely important. Um, so, uh, as we've ramped up our growth, uh, having somebody with, with, you know, the, experience with the background with the knowledge to help us navigate this um you know uh i've i've studied some of this on my own you know in leadership you know uh, context and boot camps and stuff like that uh, i will not pretend to be you know uh, the absolute expert here dr Jeb has a has a lifetime of work in this space right um written books authored a sas program um, we've known each other for a number of years have been good friends um, as we, you know, as we entered this phase of high growth, it just made perfect sense to, to have him, you know, join our executive team um, as our head of cultural integration and leadership development to help us um, really kind of figure out uh, how to how to grow at the, uh, as quickly as possible while keeping the human dynamics healthy so that we can achieve, you know, um, the, the outcomes that we're seeking in the organization.
0: Uh, First of all, congrats on all the growth. That's fantastic, especially given what a lot of us are thinking about in the current climate, which is layoffs and budget cutting and et cetera, you name it. Um, So huge congrats to that, Earl. Um, And it sounds as if you know, not all leaders have this foresight or even maybe we'll say have the ability or the mental flexibility to bring in someone who is an expert in this to be so thoughtful about um, their work there. So let's... um, Uh, I I want this to be something that uh, we can obviously all extrapolate into our own situation. So as much as I want to kind of like dig in and get really granular about the the work that the two of you are doing, I'm not going to do that. Um, I want to pull out some things that maybe have been really interesting though and continue to work with that. So um, Jeb, um, I want to ask you, how do you think the situation um, with Nexus is maybe the same or different from if the opposite is happening at an organization, and there's a ton of cuts and changes there. How does that differ?
2: Um, now, that's a good question. and And um, having sort of worked across um, those in both very, very large organizations and and you know very high growth um, rapidly changing like um, Nexus is, Um, How they're different is primarily, you know, it's primarily a function of the sort of the cultural dynamics that are going on when you're growing rapidly and people are, you know, they're fired up about their anticipation of the future, which is triggering kind of your positive expectations, right? I mean, you know, we could get into the neurobiology of it, but the key is, wow, I'm looking forward to this. When you're on the other side, you're not looking forward to this, right? It's far more difficult. So you're triggering a different set of emotions, um, you know, much more of a fear response. And now, interestingly, sort of how you deal with that has a lot of common denominators, because as humans, right, you know, our brain, you know, the way we function um, is very similar. But that's the biggest difference is one is it's anticipatory about good things to happen. And the other is it's fears being driven by, you know, things that are not good, you know, uncertainty and things that are happening um, in a in a, in a way that can negatively affect me as an individual you know, my family, et cetera. So, you know, that's probably the primary difference um, as Earl had pointed out that the change factor in there, though, and how we deal with it as humans have that has a lot of common denominators, right? We can be equally concerned about when we're growing fast and things are happening. There can still be uncertainty. There can still be those dynamics. But what's missing is kind of that dopamine kind of system that gives us a hit around this is going to be good. Um, We get a lot of the other stressors kick in.
0: Mm, I love when we were able to bring some neurobiology into it. It's um,
2: I got nerdy. I got on all day on that. So, yeah, but uh, but but it is it's it's pretty fundamental to sort of where it works well and in what organizations, and you had summarized it nicely with uh, with, with what Earl had described, is that leaders who get it, who understand that this is not, um, you know, it's not sort of a, you know, idea du jour that I'm just going to plug into my organization, but you're talking about um, pretty fundamental human behavior and the dynamics that go on, uh, you know, within groups, leaders who get that will tend to be much more um, intentional about how they then deal with it. Uh, And in Earl's case, being proactive um, in saying, Whoa, wait a second. I kind of know what's coming here and it can easily overwhelm um, a leadership team. So, you know, let's do some things to try and, uh, um, Put in place capability, skills, and and mental models to deal with it as we grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Sandhya, where where are you seeing that that catalyst for organizations reaching out to you? Is it on one versus the other side? Has it been different in the last few months? Like, talk to me about what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, I um, primarily i'm i'm working with teams that are in that kind of. High growth, rapid pace of change space. But I think it's really important to say, you know, um, and and Earl touched on this, right? It's like the companies that were in this high growth phase, maybe early adopters of this kind of concept of psychological safety were ones that were saying, okay, I I know the research, right? It's highly effective teams have it. And when, when a team doesn't have it, they're not nearly as effective. And so high innovation, right? Tech and and creative industries are really embracing this concept but i think it's so important to note that like we're carrying so much stuff out there with us in the world and bringing all of that to work and so when we talk about this idea of like it's a perception of if i'm safe to speak up or challenge that is a function of like how we feel um where are we on the scale of like surviving to thriving most of us are not at this thriving end On a day to day basis, right, with everything that's going on in the world. And so recognizing this now is a concept not just to drive amazing innovative ideas, but to create an inclusive place, a place of belonging, right, a culture where people actually feel like they can be safe and accepted. And so, um, you know, that, that individual perception is also a function of how our own level of risk aversion is, or the state of well-being that we might be in that on that given day or in that particular hour when we walk into that meeting. So I think it does span so much more than just a time of high growth and change, right? It's like we're just in that in the world right now. And so maybe broadening that definition of because work is so complex, because we're being asked to do so much, because there is uncertainty with layoffs or you know chemical spills and school shootings and all these things that are happening, um it 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 becomes something that really needs to become much more mainstream and and adopted in kind of all situations. That
0: is a fantastic point. I'm so so glad that you brought um all those that that up. Essentially even if there is no change in a company right now, an organization wherever you work, we all have some risks, we'll say, of, of having stable psychological safety, simply because life is not simple right now. There's, there's lots of, that are, that's happening in our lives. Um, and that's not even to share about what's happening in your personal life, right? You brought up a lot of things that are happening in, in the world at large. Um, and they're more than the things you mentioned. So without um, all getting a little anxious about that, maybe we take a deep breath. Oh, um, let's talk about like we, we know some of the triggers, it sounds, things in the world, things in personal life, growth or lack of growth in a company. Let's get down to what well, what actually happens to start restoring some of these feelings? Because um, I think part of our question was answered in the chat from Sandhya. So thank you for that. Um, what are some things that allow us to start to restore this? And I'll let the floor take it over. Who would like to share on that first?
1: Well, i'll I'll kind of hop in maybe just to kind of continue on this this idea of like we all have different levels of risk aversion. We all have different levels of, um, you know, conflict avoidance. And, you know, and so those individual personal things become um part of our perception. And so how do we think about emotional intelligence as a really critical foundational element of building psychological safety? because, you know, as a leader, Earl can create this environment, right, where he's inviting all perspectives and asking for feedback and leading with vulnerability and doing all the things that we read in an article that a leader should do. And yet each one of his people has to be equipped to show up to that environment and contribute and feel safe to contribute outside of everything that he's doing to create a great environment. So I think emotional intelligence development may be hasn't always been seen as like, this is my responsibility as a company, but there's a business case for it clearly. And, and as we think about equity and inclusion in the workplace, it becomes more and more important to make sure that everybody has that foundation so that they can collectively treat each other well and open up this kind of space of like, Innovation and new ideas and maybe making mistakes, right? that psychological safety can help um, foster.
0: Thank you, Jeb, Earl, what have you guys tried? Let's hear about it
2: when you say when you say um, tried you in terms of um, recover yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: What has like, what do you feel has been some of the like shining stars of, of bringing this re- restoration quickly of psychological safety? Are there some like, I mean, there. it's not easy wins by any means, but what has felt like, wow, this has made a huge impact.
2: Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting because um, I would frame it slightly differently because uh, I don't run into as much Sort of restoration as perhaps um, kind of more an awareness and emergence of, um, because you know you get if you zoom out right there are millions of businesses there are you know from the Fortune 100 down to the tens of millions of small businesses, and you know psychological safety if if you would ask probably your average business owner or you know even CEO et cetera they may have seen an article whatever it's it's not part of the ethos. Um, So it's very much a, you know, and and yet if you focus on it, it seems like it's, you know, it's on my radar. So, you know, everybody must be, no, that's not the case at all. So it's really more emergent. And because of that, what I, what I find is it's not something that you, that I I focus on as a kind of a construct in and of itself. Um, In the academic world, you do. But, you know, the reality is it's heavily intertwined with trust and and the the term that emerged as, uh, Sanjay, you had said in the 1960s and then built up through the 90s, um, as well as connectedness or relationships. Um, The key, though, remains the same. What's really interesting is at a human level, uh, people need purpose, um, and so helping clearly to find the purpose in an organization, the why, and then the north star of values, is always the foundation. Um, because once those are are clear, and when leaders understand, you know the the how to motivate um, people towards the north star, and and this and and in the purpose. Um, through, you know, finding the purpose in their own roles that connects with that of the organization or their team in the organization, um, you've set the stage. And Amy Amy uh, Edmondson talks a little bit about this as well, that, that how and fundamental it is to be able to set the stage so that things like feedback and, and um, being invited to do that all become part of the muscle that um, you've built for your organization. So I think that, you know, whether it's sort of coming back to it or the emergence of it always starts with tapping into those core psychological needs that we have as human beings at work, um, which is some form of purpose. People are investing in my competencies to do that. I'm being given the autonomy to go after and do my job um, against a clear set of values. and then there are there are definitely a few things you can then do to reinforce that on a daily weekend week out basis to build those muscles. But I found that's the foundation to it. Um,
0: that's beautiful i i I love uh, Sandia shared with us this need for diving into um, emotional intelligence. Jeb is sharing more about the the foundation of purpose, which I, we're moving more towards as workers. Uh, Earl, what does this look like on a, Hey, I have literal humans that I manage level.
3: Yeah. What does that yeah, look very, like? Very good. So, um, and as Jeb said, you know, um, uh, it's an emergence within an organization. And for me, it's a constant evolution, right? Um, uh, it's something that, uh, you're, you're, you're consistently crafting, um, to, to try to perfect within an organization. Um, and perfection is, is probably never attainable, um, you know, we are finicky as humans, um, and uh, when it comes down to, you know, relationships and our perception of those relationships, uh, it, it's just, it's complex, right? Um, some of the things that, that come to mind that I'm going to share, they're, they're 100% borrowed from Jeb, right? I, I am, uh, I'm a student of, you know, his work, um, <clears throat> and one of the things that I love about what Jeb does, these are really, um, kind of, you know, difficult, oftentimes, esoteric, you know, misunderstood concepts. Um, Jeb, you know, has has spent a career to kind of boil these down to really simple concepts that are much easier to to manage, right? Um, And so uh, within an organization, uh, the, the best ways that, you know, to my knowledge and my experience to create psychological safety is to understand People's experience versus their expectations, um, and and then to close gaps there, right? Um, so, uh, as I as I expressed earlier on, and this again is a concept from Jeb, um, if if somebody's expressing a perspective, it is their reality, right? Even if it differs from your reality, um, that that experience that they're expressing um, that does not meet the expectation Um, until they get a lot closer to that expectation or until they meet it, it's unlikely that they're going to engage with significant purpose and and motivation, right? Um, They'll they'll check the boxes um, as long as you're not like a horribly toxic leader, right? Um, uh, They'll they'll check the boxes. But um, Sandia mentioned something really important. This is for me, this is kind of the, the next level sort of stuff. Uh, and that is how do you create a culture or dynamics, a vibe where people can thrive, where they can be in flow and do the best work of their career, right? Um, it's not just checking the boxes of, you know, um, uh, of, you know, reading the most prominent publications and trying to institute or implement a few uh, initiatives around those, right? Um, the, the crazy thing that, you know, that happens here too is this really isn't a one size fits all kind of thing right every single one of us as human beings is different um so you can create a blanket sort of you know initiative that you're going to try to you know waterfall down through an organization that you feel you know is going to, to close the majority of the gaps and help people feel psychologically safe um you can try to be an extremely emotionally intelligent leader right um and to approach um, your team and um, y- your entire organization uh, in a very thoughtful, intentional manner. Um, and I promise, somewhere you're going to to create gaps with somebody. Right? Um, you're you're not going to see eye to eye. Um, and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, is uh, it's really important. Um, ultimately, you know, to create a, an environment where one, people do feel safe to to open their mouth, right? And two, when they open their mouth, you actually do something about it. Um, It doesn't mean that you can solve all problems. It doesn't mean that you can um, cater to every whim and need, right? Um, That that would, you could crush an organization trying to do that, right? Um, But common threads that you see throughout an organization um, of concerns, of gaps between experience and expectation, Absolutely, as a leader, you have to make progress on closing those gaps. If you do not, um, people will disengage, right? Um, and that's, you know, kind of some, some of my real world experience. Um, you know, yesterday, for example, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I guess I could talk about real quick what I call CEO coffee chats, but I tried to create this forum where, uh, of course, you know, we've, we've tried to create a fairly flat organization so that um, it makes us more nimble. Um, It creates a better environment for a a good thriving culture and psychological safety. Um, But there still are some levels of, you know, of leadership within the organization. Um, I'm more removed from the front lines than I ever have been before. So once a week, I bring, you know, I bring three or four team members from the front lines or from any teams and across different teams into my office for, you know, a 20 minute coffee chat. Um, and essentially, I'm asking them you know, to provide feedback on what we're doing well that we can amplify, what needs improvement, where do they have concerns, um, and what, what ideas do they have for innovation. Um, by doing that, um, I create a, a forum where people feel safe to be open. And what happens with that is then um, when there's a larger concern that maybe they don't feel super comfortable with um, expressing in an open group, they they will come to me or they'll go to another leader that they have trust with uh, to express those things. Just yesterday afternoon, that happened to me. Right, a, a team member that's a frontline team member, a technical account manager on our team, came to me to express some concerns about some things that he's seeing within the organization. Um, that you know, uh, one, we're creating gaps for him. Two, he, he saw some you know some red flags that he thinks will be um, um, destructive within the organization and. He's not wrong, um, you know, and, and so um, I, by no means am I telling you that we're perfect at this. Um, it is a, it's a consistent work in progress, um, you know, trying to be intentional about the things that we're doing um, and, and caring enough about each individual person to hear them out, to, um, to, to care about their experience, and then to do your best to close the gaps between their experience and their expectations.
0: Thank you Earl, um, I think what you're bringing up here is really interesting and leads us to um, Mike's question in the chat so we're going to shift over to uh, the Q&A portion so please if you have more questions pop them into the chat, um, and I want to ask this of Sandia because you kind of you're both kind of speaking about these these gaps in organizations right um, between maybe what people understand their experience versus expectations or maybe it's more what mike was saying talking about in the, his question of just gaps in people's backgrounds or differences in experiences um, how, how do you think that differs in implementing psychological safety sandia when there's such a wide variety of experience
1: yeah, I mean, I, I love the approach that that Earl kind of laid out, right, of like, there, you know, it's kind of, th- there could be a little bit of a, a, a game of whack-a-mole, right? It's like, okay, I sold for this thing, right? I'm going to do CEO coffee chats and give everybody a forum to to voice things without any fear of, you know, judgment or retaliation or any of those things, right? And like creating that space for people to be heard, right? So that's kind of like one piece of this, inv- creating the environment, Um I think it's a matter of, yeah, it's like assessing the organization, what the organization needs, both from an environmental or a systemic standpoint. And like, it's almost like a top down, bottom up approach. And so, you know, Earl mentioned trust, right? This is like a big hot topic in, especially in the world of remote and hybrid work, where how do we build trust with someone that we know over Zoom on meetings that joined the organization two years ago, we never met in person. Like, I think, connection, um, and, and building trust through like personal connection is a part of like one of those elements of how psychological safety can thrive in an organization. And so it's almost like assessing the organization to say, okay, is it connection? Do we need to do more things to build trust? Do we need to have our leaders, um, show up more vulnerably? Are they, you know, getting defensive when they get feedback or, Um, you know, are our meetings not designed in an inclusive way where we're sharing the air appropriately that everyone who does want to contribute can. There's so many elements of it and it's so layered. And so I think it is about approaching it from both top down and bottom up and like seeing where those gaps are. I don't know if that totally answers the question, right? Because it's so, it is complex, but it's like, can you identify the gaps from all of the angles? And then like, what are some systems that you can put in place? Like a, a CEO coffee chat is something I would consider to be a system. It is a consistent forum for people to be heard, right? Um, publishing agendas in advance of meetings so that people who want more time to process and bring their best ideas can actually be heard in that meeting. Like that's, that's one way, right? To get more voices at the table. And so it doesn't have to be these big, huge, complex, like, things that you do company-wide, it can be little things in the day-to-day that every single manager can also do or every individual teammate even can do.
0: And then moving to, to Mo's question in the in the chat, which we touched on a little bit, I want to touch a little bit more on it as our kind of wrap-up in a way, because we're heading towards the end of our conversation today. Is there a business case for needing psychological safety in the workplace and why is that important even when we have to be cutting costs or supposedly
1: it seems as if many companies are cutting costs, not that it's reality for everyone.
0: Anyone could take it's, this over.
2: Yeah, the, uh, and actually if we can just quickly circle back to it, cause I think uh, the earlier question, was it Michael? Um, the question that was asked, um, I would add one other sort of dimension to that, um, only because my my early, my early research was um, across looking at, at engagement, psychological safety, uh, cross cultural. Um, so I worked across eight countries in Asia, and my big takeaway from that was that when you get below, when you get below culture, to get below culture and focus on the core human. Psychological needs—they are—they are universal. The way they get expressed in different cultures um, is dramatically different. And so, you know, going back to that purpose and the uh, clarity of, of values and you know, what that is in your team, your organization, and recognizing that—you know—that culture really is leadership, team behavior at scale in an organization. Um, if you start with what sits below culture. Um, the human dynamic, and then then bring that up into however that works in India versus Japan versus China versus, you know, Australia, you have a much better chance of, of it sticking than if you start, you know, start top down in the sense that psychological safety is a Western construct. The rest of the world, uh, you know, if you go, you go to China and talk, they look at you, what are you talking about? But everybody has a need for purpose in their work. So it's understanding where the limitations are of where we even come from as we develop things like psychological safety, right? Something that emerged out of the primarily West, primarily U.S. Even parts of Europe, people look at you with like you got two heads if you start kind of focusing on that. So anyway, quick aside there. Uh, Business case, you know, there there absolutely is. Uh, And there's actually a fair amount of empirical work around the connection between trust, psychological safety, and um, whether it's performance at an organizational-wide level in terms of share price and return on on equity to stockholders, um, more down to the well-being of individuals, um, how that plays out. Uh, The caveat is that it varies pretty dramatically by, uh, again, context. The, you know, the industry that you're in and the type of work that's being done, what is psychological safety there varies dramatically, um, dramatic, dramatically to the individual as well as at an organizational level. So um, there really isn't a blanket answer in terms of what that business case is, but the answer to is there a business case is absolutely. Um, there absolutely is.
0: Maybe we can have one more person share on on that note and then we'll pop it over to.
3: Yeah, just uh, on the business case side, you know, um, quickly, if you take M&A activity, <clears throat> um, over 80% of mergers and acquisitions either fell or fell to produce the intended outcomes because of mismatching cultural, uh, you know, in cultural dynamics and leadership uh, philosophy and behavior, right? Um, and so um, it... it and this isn't just in M and A, but it's within an entire organization. If you want to create, at least in a Western society, right, um, we we've, we've evolved beyond you know cracking the whip. Um, you know that just doesn't uh, that doesn't work in today's modern work environment anymore, right? If you want to create an organization that can actually produce solid outcomes, um, that can produce more with less, right? Um, that uh, has people that are consistently executing um, predictable results, uh, producing the right experience for the, you know, for clients, for their teammates, and ultimately, you know, attaining the targets that, that an organization needs to thrive and to grow. Um, making this a real consideration and being intentional about making moves around it is absolutely necessary in my opinion. Um, the, the, the failure to do so could absolutely make the difference between an organization that thrives and an organization that dies.
1: The
0: mic drop moment, Earl. Thank you for that. (laughs) If you wanna thrive, here you go. Here's the very complicated recipe to success, but something that's so critical. Um, Thank you all. This has been such an interesting and informative conversation. I think we really got an understanding of what is psychological safety, how it differs, how maybe we might define it differently from other people, but that we're all kind of grounded in some sort of similarities of what we need, purpose being one of them. Um, And it sounds like there might be some takeaways that we could start to implement even at the whatever level you are in an organization, whether you are in the C-suite, whether you would HR, which let me just mention that we have not used the term HR this entire time. This is not something that lives exclusively in the human resources or people space. Yes. (laughs) So I'm proud of us for that. That was unintentional. Um, But I I think there's some really good things that we can continue to think about and take away. Um, Mike, I love your last question. Um, I am gonna make sure that these conversations continue to happen on LinkedIn. So we're gonna be posting this podcast up um, on Spotify tomorrow morning, 6am. You can start to share it with your people. It'll be on LinkedIn as well, um, tagging all of these folks here. So if you have more questions, please feel free to ask them there so we can continue the conversation. They're also here to support you and we'll have their information um, also linked. Um, This has been an Excellent, excellent conversation on capital P and people work. It is just a pleasure to be able to have so many wonderful experts with us um, to dig deeper. Um, We always have one topic that we source from our audience every month. So this month happened to be psychological safety. I don't know what next month is gonna be. So make sure to vote in our poll and or ask questions to see if there's something that you want us to talk about. And if you have a particular expert in mind we would love to be able to do that as well. Um, Yes, love that, yes. Um, Go ahead and take a look at um, the the chat if you wanna hear what uh, Earl does. I love that you're doing a live podcast. In one hour, it's awesome all, Um Last but not least, uh, again, capital P p work is produced by Spark this day. So as a treat for you all, um, we are dropping in the chat. and for folks who are listening to this later, um we'll share uh, what the link is virtual um verbally. Um, But this is our design partnership. So we can give you 60 days free on Spark This Day. When we're talking about psychological safety, it does start with the individual. And what we do is help people actually understand what works well for them and their work and their life and what balance could uh, mean. So please feel free to try that 60 days free on our platform. And we are looking forward to Hearing from you and seeing you in the future. So, thank you so much for joining us, Sandia, Earl, and Jeb.
3: We appreciate you here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.